Everyone says, oh, we think about retirement 10 years before we do it. Really, you should be thinking about retirement as soon as you start work, although it's obviously a long way away. But just by putting away a little bit, it will actually build up very quickly. But ultimately, the first step when you're doing lifestyle cash planning is working out how much income you want when you retire. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, welcome. Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I'm sat down with uh, Tristan Harty, Managing Director of Harty Wealth Management. And we're going to talk about um, a subject called uh, lifetime cash planning. You know, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about growing your business and the business performance. But I think it's really important that we look about your own personal finances, if your wealth planning and your planning of uh, how you're going to fulfill your life lifetime cash needs. So Tristan, uh, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Do you want to please introduce me to explain a little bit about your background uh, and um, sort of give a bit of an introduction to yourself and to Hearty Wealth Management? So uh, myself, uh, we set up, myself and my father set up Hearty Wealth Management uh, where it was less clients, more personal attention. Yep. And at the same time, obviously to focus on uh, retirees and business owners, particularly business owners when, about the topic we're going to discuss. Uh, we set up the business seven years ago. We now have two offices, one in Chester and one in Shropshire in the town of Oswestry. Yep. And we've got 13 employees as of today. We've just taken on another one, which is always exciting. Great. And uh, we look after around about 300 families and about £150 million worth of people's money. Wow. And what do you find, is it word of mouth that you you bring on new customers, you bring on new clients? For us, it's a bit of a mix of everything. As you know, as um, it's not really just one thing that brings in customers, but we do a lot of uh, seminars uh, where we'll purchase data and then go from there. And we do seminars within hotels based on key target markets. We also get a lot of referrals from our existing clients, do quite a bit of targeted networking. And then obviously we do things like social media, sponsorship and general getting our brand out there. We're also uh, members of a, a very prestigious organization in the United States called the Million Dollar Roundtable, where both okay. myself and father are what's known as top of the table members. So that puts us in the top 0.1% of financial planners in the world. Wow. Um, and on top of that, we recently were awarded the international standard in financial planning, of which we're one of only 63 firms in the UK to have achieved effectively what is the gold standard of financial planning. Um, and that's based around our processes and our standards and our ethics more so than just our qualifications. We've got all the relevant qualifications, but I personally feel that culture and standards are as important, if not more important, particularly in the 21st century. Oh, for sure. And of course, those cultures and standards uh, really uh, set the customer experience mm-hmm. and um yeah, customer experience, of course, is a real sort of vanguard of differentiation. So, yeah, that, that's amazing uh, um, to hear the endorsements that you've got. And obviously through a lot of consistent work, both on um, getting the processes right, but also getting the culture right as well. well. It's been a big focus of ours. And 
one of the big things is, is we can't really take that much credit. It's our team who do most of the work. Um, mm. uh, so from that side, it's really important to have the right members of the team in. And we, we spend a long time trying to get that correct. And obviously we've gone through ups and downs with that side, but we've uh, got it right at the moment and it feels like we're ready to sort of just keep growing. And the culture part is vitally important. If you look after your staff, they'll look after your uh, clients as well. So true. Uh, so true. So um, let's just dive into this concept of lifetime cash planning. Talk us through that, Tristan. So a lot of people sort of say they have these bold ideas of one of the most common things we have when people come in to see us is they say, well, my retirement plan is my business. When I sell my business, that'll be my retirement plan. Or when I sell, when I get to 70 or 65 or 55, whatever it may be, I'll sell my house and I'll move abroad and the money from that will be enough. Now, sometimes that works, but as most people know, whilst it's great to be able to set up a business, many businesses actually fail. Even if they've been running for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they can all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, just no longer be relevant and disappear. And therefore, there goes that supposed retirement pot. So something that we do is lifestyle uh, cash planning or cash flow planning. There's a number of different names for it. But effectively, it's how do we make sure that if everything went wrong, you've still got enough to retire on? Right. So the first thing we ask people to do is we go, when we're having this conversation is we say, what number, how much income do you want on the day you retire? Yep. And that's the first thing that everybody should think about. It's not how big, a, how much money do I need? It's how much income do you want? So let's say for instance, you wanted 25,000 pounds, which yes. is a pretty reasonable income. When you think about that, hopefully by then you should have no major bills. Because if you do yeah. have a mortgage, you would have paid it off yeah, uh, and so on. So if you've got £25,000, we then have, uh, so how much money do you actually need to get an income of £25,000? And as a general rule of thumb, you multiply it by 20. Okay. So that gives you £500,000. So you need £500,000 sat in other assets outside of your business or outside of your sort of house and so on. So things like pensions are very good for this. Now, the reason pensions are great is obviously because there's a couple of reasons. One, they're very tax efficient, particularly if you're a business owner. It can just, your business can just pay your pension contribution of up to 40000 a year, and it comes off your taxes, yep. which is fantastic. Um, and the money is yours. So even if the business went bankrupt, the pension belongs to you. Sure. Because if you're a limited company, you've got that relevant protection. Uh, the other option is ISAs or through other assets of building outside of the business. But then people say, well, so how much, how long does it take for me to get to half a million pounds? And this is where I'm going to throw the numbers out uh, to start with. So if you started at age 25, you've got 40 years until you reach age 65. So we normally say most people want to retire at 65. And if that's the case, to get to £500,000 worth of income, uh, not income, sorry, as a pot, so £25,000 worth of income, if you had an average of a 5% growth, which is very realistic, you have to put away £326 per month. Right. But here's where it starts to jump up. So if you waited till you're age 30, 
that goes up to £439 per month. Yep. At age 40, it's £836 per month. At age 45, it's 1212 Age 50, £1,865 a month. Age 55 is just over 3200 a month. And at age 60, because we do occasionally have people who come in and say, I want to retire in five years' time. I haven't got anything in my plans. It works out at just over £7,300 per month with a wow. 5% interest or growth rate. But the main thing there is the earlier you start, the easier it is, particularly as a business owner. Um, because in terms of our financial life cycle we all go through a financial life cycle and it's pretty similar to our normal life cycle we don't earn anything till we're 18 we then go through a phase where we're not earning that much most people's incomes peak between ages 40 and 50 okay and they out. Uh, sometimes obviously as we all know businesses some people can be can come to it quite late age 55 60 that's when their business takes off and that's completely fine but they're the anomalies the average is that by age 50, you're generally earning the most amount of money you're going to earn. Right. So therefore, it makes sense to try and plan earlier to be putting away money as soon as possible, particularly when it comes to reaching that magic figure of, say, 25,000 a year when you retire, which is about 500,000 pounds in a, a pot. Now, obviously, the compound interest can be higher than 5%. It could be lower. But 5% is a pretty reasonable one if it's invested properly, managed properly, and is being regularly reviewed because if you put if we put a hundred thousand pounds into something today and it grew by five percent uh by this year it'll be a hundred and five thousand pounds but then if yes. it grew at the next year it's five percent on top of the 105 yes. and you can see a, 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 a sort of snowballing effect there's actually if you it's now if you let's say we go with the larger figure of 20 percent growth if you had a 20 percent growth on a hundred thousand pounds over a 10-year period, in 10 years' time, that would be worth 600000 Wow. Yep. Now, 20% is quite hard to get. Sure. But it gives you an idea of the power of what it does. And that's over a 10-year period. Hence why, generally with retirement things, everyone says, oh, we think about retirement 10 years before we do it. Really, you should be thinking about retirement as soon as you start work, although it's obviously a long way away. But just by putting away a little bit, it will actually build up very quickly. But ultimately, the first step when you're doing lifestyle cash planning is working out how much income you want when you retire. Yeah. And of course, that's thinking about what will give you a reasonable standard of living and take into account that actually you probably will not have a mortgage to be paid. You may even have downsized your home because the, the, your, your children have flown the nest. So your outgoings are a lot less than they might have been in your 40s and 50s. Yeah. Plus, you also do get, whilst it's not a huge amount, come age 67, 68, you'll end up with the state pension as well. And the state pension isn't massive, but it's around about the £9,000 mark. Okay, so uh, pension being the best route then, um, in terms of that saving that investment. In terms of as a, if it's coming out of a business, yes, because you can draw up to forty thousand pounds into a put forty thousand pounds into a pension, and you can pull that directly out of the business, because it just comes out as a business cost. Therefore, it's reducing the corporation tax you're having to pay. Now, pensions have a negative that when you reach the point of actually trying to pull the money out. You get 25% of it tax-free, and the rest of it is then taxed at uh, whatever your marginal tax rate is. 
Sure. But that's where a good financial planner or wealth manager will be able to say, well, this is the amount you need to take. This is what we'll do with it. And then so on. The other option is to put money into ISAs um, using which you, you put, you're paying your tax on in advance. But then if you ever wanted to draw the money from it, there's never any tax to pay. So we always recommend our clients basically utilize their whole pension allowance if they can, or as much of it as possible and try to use their ISA allowance because you can't get these back if you miss them. Right. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. Yeah, I know that some people, some directors of businesses will use property. Um, you put uh, some uh, the property, the, uh, the maybe their office building or their, you know, their place of work into a pension wrapper the, that's um, often used. Did you get involved in helping people to do that? Yep. So we've done it ourselves uh, with our office in Chester. Yep. And it's, it's a logical way of doing it because it allows you to basically end up paying yourself the rent. Yes. Um, there are very strict rules around it, and, but we can advise and help people with that side. We also, our main focus is much more to do with funds and creating portfolios. So we have a trademarked service called our second opinion service. And one of the main things we do on that is we create what's known as a money label or what well, we've called it a money label and it, as part of our trademark, where we basically create a label for what different things in money are. So if you went to the supermarket and you went to try and buy some food, you'd look on the front and it would tell you how many calories are in there, what percentage of so on. Like one of the things is sausages. If you look, I did it a few years ago and I'd never quite realized how many different things are in sausages that aren't pork. Right. And it's the same with investment funds. So when you're investing in a fund, you don't quite know what it's investing in, but we've got the ability to be able to look inside a fund and say, oh, well, it's 20% in healthcare, 10% in this, 5% in that. And then we can create a portfolio around multiple different types of funds in different sectors to give that diversity. So we can add property into our portfolios, which we do about 10% of our portfolios have global property within them. Right. Um, and therefore it's just part of a diversification. It's lots of eggs in lots of different baskets but being constantly reviewed so that they can be changed should they need to be. 
And obviously markets uh, follow a cycle and there'll be times when your investments are looking good and you've seen that 5% year or, or more than 5% year on year compound growth. And there'll be times when there's market corrections and setbacks. Um, it, it, your, I guess your point around doing your investment consistently and for long enough that it, it, those market corrections are just evened out over the, over the decades. Yeah, essentially that's correct. But also, the thing is, when the markets are going down, it's a, if you're doing, say, monthly investments or quarterly investments into your uh, sort of your plan, you don't mind if the market's gone down because all you're doing is if each fund, let's say, so within our portfolios, we have 27 funds spread across 10 different risk levels. If the markets are going down, it just gives you the opportunity to buy more units, which means ultimately you're getting a discount on them. I guess it's like buying something on sale for 90 pence and then next week it's worth a pound. You've gained ten, uh, a decent amount there. But the thing is, it's it does even out over, say, a 10-year period. So when okay. we talk about investing, we generally look at 10 years is probably the minimum you should really be looking to do it. But when it comes to trying to plan your future lifestyle cash, you would hope that you've got a plan in advance of the 10 years before you get there. Yeah. Yep. And so the, the sort of core message that's coming out of this really is start early, be consistent. But even if you haven't done anything to date, no matter your age, start now and be consistent. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we find is people are always putting it off and saying, oh, I'll do it next year. And I think when that happens, the biggest problem you've got is every time you're putting it off, the more expensive and the more it's going to cost you in your normal lifestyle. You want your sort of retirement planning to be a percentage of your income. You don't want it to have to end up being 30, 40, 50% of what you're trying to put away. So if you wait until 60 and if you wanted to retire at 65, you'd have to put away 7,300 pounds per month to get to a half a million pound pot. Wow. Yep. And the biggest issue there is you can't, you can only put 40,000 into a pension and 20,000 into an ISA. So then it's going to have to go into other types of investments that actually aren't as tax efficient. So then you've got, you're going to have money sat in non-tax efficient places, which means that when you reach retirement, you're not able to take, you probably need a little bit more because you're going to have to pay tax on it. Great. understand. understand. And uh, in terms of, and everybody is different about what sacrifices they may or may not have to take in terms of what percentage of their income they put away. Um, but even if let, let, let's say that they're, uh, they're, they're older than 50 and haven't started yet, and it's now looking a, a sizable amount of money each month to get to that 500,000 pound part, if they can't achieve in your figures, 1,865 pounds a month at the age of 50, um, any money being put aside, if it's below the 1800, is still well worth doing. Yeah, it's still better to do something rather than nothing. Uh, so let's say you can only put a thousand pounds away. That's still better than doing nothing. If you do nothing, then you're not getting anything at the end. It just means that if your number was 25,000 that you wanted to retire on, it might not you may or may not get there. It depends. Like you said before, you could you could sell a house, which might you know downsize, which can be where the shortfall is made up. Yep. Maybe your business does sell, or you're bought out in the right way that it then also covers the shortfall. 
Yes. But the main thing is just having that plan of a lifetime goal on when I retire, this is the amount of money I think I need. Um, and the thing is, you'd be surprised. We have a lot of people come in and say, I want a hundred thousand pounds. And then we drill down with them and say, well, why? And they'll go, well, that's what I'm earning now. It's yeah. like, okay, but let's take away the cost that by that point you shouldn't have. And it starts to come down quite quickly. Um, and realistically, the average pensioner, well, the average pensioner in the UK doesn't have very much in savings, but the average sort of business owner or in the top 5% of people, their incomes are still only around about the 20,000 a year per person. Right. Okay. And that's the readjustment, isn't it? Is the recognition that your living costs are significantly less than they would have been, notwithstanding the fact that you might use the opportunity to go on world cruises or something, but your living costs <laughs> are a lot less, aren't they? So therefore yeah, you need... It's also important to remember that you do get that state pension, um, yes. which a lot of people turn their nose up at and go, oh, it's not very much. But at nearly 9,000, and it, with it being protected as well, uh, through the triple lock and so on, meaning that it's going to keep going up with the relevant rates of inflation and so on. You're looking at it and saying that might be what covers your your general bills. Because if you think about most of your bills outside of your mortgage, there probably aren't that many that mm. are significant. And we don't include food within the bills or going out for dinner and things like that. Uh, and it is normal as well that in the first five years of retirement, people will spend more than they will during the rest of retirement. Okay. Because they did their world cruise. Yep. Yeah. They did their world cruise or they finally buy the car they've always wanted to buy. Um, or they do something that there's always something that they want to do. Yep. Once people go past age 70, age 75, they generally don't end up spending quite as much because they stop flying as much They because it becomes more of a pain in probably every way but it's yeah. mostly that the first five years are when people do those things that they really have always wanted to do so it's okay to spend a bit more in the first few years because you'll be spending less in the later years yeah yeah and and all of a sudden the the nine thousand or if you married the eighteen thousand pounds a year before your own uh, pension provision goes a long way yeah and i think the other thing to bear in mind is well that five percent figure i've given of um is no matter what your figure is, it, so if, you're, if you had a million pounds, it's 5% of it, that will maintain the value of your investment. It shouldn't go down. It might go down by 1% or 2% a year, but it means that even when you passed away, if it went down by 1% a year for 20 years, you'd end up actually still having a pot of 300 or so thousand pounds when you've died. Right. So the important thing to remember is you can take more out of it, providing you're okay with it going down, that pot going down in value. Yeah. yeah. But 5% is the sustainable amount. So um, if we, all, all this fabulous advice and you know, the, the clear message to anybody listening, irrespective of the country that you're listening to this in, is uh, stop putting money, uh, saving for retirement into tax-efficient uh, schemes such as a pension uh, or whatever is the equivalent in, in, in your own country. Um, I just quickly want to just talk about you, uh, the growth of your you know, the business, you know, in terms of you're now up to your 13th employee, you're, um, you're achieving reward awards for the work that you've done and the systems and the culture that you've created um 
you, you know, as the managing director, what are the things that you're sort of focusing on on a regular basis in terms of that you're tracking, that you're putting energy and time into in terms of growing hearty wealth management? So one of the things that we do um, is myself and my father are members of a coaching course called Strategic Coach. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, with uh, it's one of Dan Sullivan's ones. That's right, really, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so on. So I've been doing that for four years and my father's been doing that for 15. Great. So we've built our business based around a lot of those principles in that everyone has a unique ability and they just do one thing within the business. Yep. Um, we do. We use the Colby test for all of our um, members of staff, the Colby um, personal, personality test and so yes. on. Yes, yep. We can work out what each individual's sort of best roles are. So my role within the business is overseeing the day-to-day running. We have an operations director who does the uh, sort of uh, Jill, who she does all the actual legwork, I would say. Um, And she just comes to me when she needs something, if there's like something to talk about in terms of a decision side. And then I see clients. That's my, my unique ability is sitting down and understanding people's problems and taking complex issues and trying to make them simpler and able to be understood. Great. The ultimate role of a wealth management company is to take away the stress from people. And the advisor's role isn't necessarily to even be the most qualified person in the business. I am not the most qualified person in our business. That's our, one of our other directors, William McBride, who also helped uh, found the company. He's been working with my our father's other businesses for over 20 years. He heads up our research department and he's effectively at the same level as a fund manager. Right. He should be the most qualified person because he's the one doing all the technical work. Yes. My view is that the advisor is someone who takes the complicated issues and then can explain them to the client. Yeah. And they still have to be qualified, obviously. Uh, I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't be, but they need to, the most important thing that clients want, in my opinion, is they just want someone that they trust, like, and respect, which is sort of the main principles we built our business on as well, is that we only work with people we trust, like, and respect. Um, and that's a massive thing for us in that when we do our first uh, meeting, which is part of our second opinion service is complimentary, it's almost like a two-way interview. We're also interviewing our cli- clients or potential clients to see whether or not we can work with them. Great. If the relationship isn't quite there or there's something that we are not particularly happy about. We would probably turn around and just say, I'm sorry, but we, we can't do business with you. And we have done that on occasion because you want to work with, as I said, people you trust, like, and respect at all times. But my main role really is, is going out, driving new business into it. I speak at the seminars and my role is generally bringing in new business and managing the expectations and current clients that I have. Fantastic. And if people want to, are interested to find out more about the seminars that you run, how would they do that? So we have them all on our website, uh, heartywm.co.uk. And um, hearty, H-A-R-T-E-Y. Yep, W, uh, Hearty Wealth Management. So yep, um, and you'll be able to find that online. And they're all on our website. Ultimate, otherwise, they can also give us a call and we can book them on. And we hold our presentations. We do around about 18 a year. And they normally start at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we serve a free lunch as well. And they're normally 
in places such as the Chester Grosvenor, yep. Petford Castle. Uh, I think we've got one coming up in Coldy. Uh, we do some in Shrewsbury as well, because obviously we're having a Shropshire-based office. Yes. Um, and a couple of venues around the Shropshire area as well. We alternate between them, and they're completely free to come along. We just need people to register beforehand. Seeing it, yeah, absolutely. Seeing it, how many people are going to get there for the catering, etc. So, um, and, and what what if somebody came uh, to one of the workshops? Typically, what are you covering? So we generally will cover a couple of different. Well, we'll sort of stop over a load of different things. We'll cover a little bit about what we've discussed today. Uh, we'll also talk quite a lot about inheritance tax planning, right? Because that's quite a big issue in the UK, particularly at the moment. Uh, we then go through how risk works particularly when it comes to the effect it can have on your investments over a period of time. We then talk about charges and how all that works, because uh, that's a very complicated, that's a, probably a whole other uh, podcast in terms of that side. And we've actually even written a book called Surviving the Sharks about that. So we've got quite a few books, actually. We've got nine out at the moment. But um, that one really talks about the charges. And then we sort of talk about, we, we cover about a, quite a few different types of investments but we try to make sure it's not too into the detail orientated because people get bored of financial things very quickly. And our belief is ultimately if people come along and they're happy enough that they've come along and they see what we we're doing, if they can book an appointment with us, we can then go through it with a, them on a one-to-one basis. That's fantastic. And, and I know you, um, you, you can't uh, go into any specifics, but have you got any, um, you know, poignant case studies or where you've really helped somebody that maybe hadn't you know obviously no names um no specifics but generalized of where they hadn't done any provision and then you work with them and and they achieved a good result yes we've got quite a few um one of the big ones we had a it was a few years ago we had a client come in and actually it was one of my clients and he'd had all of his money had been with the banks traditionally and he was just about to retire and he was about to get a lump sum of about 300,000 pounds. And he comes in and he's really quite, he's upset, he's very stressed out, he can't sleep because he's never had 300,000 pounds in cash before. Right. And this is one of the big things we find is people say, oh, it must be easy to have loads of money, but actually receiving money, whether it's through inheritance, retirement or whatever it is, is one of the most stressful things to happen in someone's life because they're worried. Well, what if I lose it? What if I make the wrong mis- decision? Yeah. So he came in and he had this money in the banks and so on. And it was sat there and I'm saying, well, what, what do you need us to do? And ultimately what he ultimately wanted was simplification. Okay. So the way that we do investing now is in the past, you used to go and buy products directly from insurance companies. Now we don't do that anymore. We don't recommend insurance companies when it comes to this type of investing. There are plenty of companies who do and there's nothing wrong with it but from our point of view we can use something called a platform and a platform is simply a box to put the money in or in simpler terms it's like going to the supermarket so we said you can hold a pension an ISA a unit trust a bond whatever type of investment it is on this platform all in the same place that you can view online we can control through the touch of a button and it just pulls everything into one place it's all fully protected because we, we choose the funds within it and we have access to every single fund in the market. So this is what we did for the client. We pulled everything in. Then by the time the end of the 
sort of the sign up meeting where he's signing on the line, getting everything sorted. The client actually starts crying because he's relieved. I bet. We're trying to give them financial security, but also provide leadership and management. It's taking away those stresses. One of the most regular things we see is multiple people coming in with, I've got a pension here, I've got a pension here, I've got an ISA here, I've got this random unit trust or savings account with this people. And bringing them all together under the same umbrella really simplifies people's lives and makes them feel better. I bet. We also have, they have complete access as well. There's, yeah. We don't have any exit fees with anything we do. Uh, money takes about 10 working days to get out. So that makes it really simple. And from our side, I find that many of the clients we help, we don't even realize we're really how we're helping them. It's only sort of a year, two years later when they tell us directly, oh, you did this for us and this really meant something because we're just doing our job and you don't know what the knock-on effect of that can be. A big one is life insurance. We do a lot of life insurance sort of sales and people go, well, do I need life insurance? And the answer is always yes. We all have car insurance because you wouldn't think about driving around in your car uninsured. If you're walking around without life insurance, it's pretty much exactly the same as driving without any car insurance. Sure. If it happens to you, what do you do? Well, we had that um, where a client died, but we'd sold them a, about a half a million pound life insurance policy. It paid out. Yeah. It went to the wife, yep. who then was able to use that money to pay off her mortgage yep. and continue, then invest the money to continue to pay for the kids to have their school fees paid. Right. And without having had that policy, there would have, I don't, we don't know what that family would have done because they didn't right. have any savings. They didn't have the ability to pay off their mortgage. The kids wouldn't have been able to continue going to the school they went to. Yeah. So it's the, the things like this that we don't even realize we're doing, we're just doing our job. But that was transformational for that family. Yeah. Without it, that family, whilst I'm sure they would have been able to continue paying the mortgage, you would hope it's still, it would have been very difficult. And particularly during the period of when someone loses someone, they don't want that difficulty. And actually we do a lot of, many of our clients are over the age of 70 and we help anyone who's going through the probate period and with with no issues. And we don't charge for anything extra for anything like that. It's a simple case on, we actually send out all of our clients a document when they become a client. It's, Essentially, it's a, a death planning document. doesn't sound yeah. that happy. But it's a document for them to fill in all of their financials and put it next to their will so that when something happens to them, they can sim- whoever's reading the will has this document as well. They can give us a call and we'll just send out the information to them and help them in any way that we possibly can. Fantastic. And, you know, it's a very caring service. And I know you've invested, you know, the way you talk and you've invested a huge amount of energy and effort, you and your father in building a culture that will support that and support your clients and um, the combination of the culture and, and, the, and the skills of your team um, is a testament to the amount of business that you, you now are looking, you know, the amount of money and funds that you're looking after. So, you know, all credit to you and the team, which is, a, you know, doing a fantastic job. Um, so just to summarize again, Tristan, so if anybody wants to find out more about hearty wealth management or they want to come along to one of your workshops, how do they do that? So first thing is, well, they can always give us a call. Um, 
we've got and we, we're happy to have a I'm happy to have a 15 minute chat with anybody to tell them a little bit more uh, over the phone. Otherwise, look at our website. Uh, we've got a new one launching soon as well, which is uh, I'm excited about and we'll be marketing that a little bit. They can book onto the presentations online or they can give us a call or if they want a copy of our books, if they actually give us a call, we'll happily send them them for free. Or if they want to, they can buy them on Amazon and all the proceeds will be going to our charity, which is the Charlotte Harty Foundation, which we set up about 11 years ago after my sister passed away to help children achieve their dreams. So it's really up to them. If they, if they want one for free, we will happily send it to them. But if they want to buy one of the books, the main two being Educate My Money, which is a guide on all types of financial products or Surviving the Sharks, which is much more about the impact of how charges work in the financial services industry. Fantastic. And your um, URL is heartywealthwm.com, is that right? It's heartywm.co.uk. So it's www.heartywm.co.uk. Tristan, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, there's, there's, uh, that conversation is packed full of gems and practical tips of what you can start doing right now uh, to ensure that you've got uh, stability of income and lifestyle uh, when you've retired. Tristan, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.